here we go. Welcome to the Nine Rap Fantasy Football Podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome back in to the Nine Route Fantasy Football Podcast. Pat and Scott are here in the afterglow with one more game to go in week number three. Time is flying already. Uh, we have the New York Football Giants against the Dallas Cowboys. You have to be played on Monday night. Obviously, a lot of folks are going to have some players involved uh, on both teams, definitely. Uh, but definitely a lot of those Dallas Cowboy offensive pieces are, are Maybe going to get you a win this week. We'll see what happens. Giants have been playing pretty good D. So uh, best of luck to everybody tonight that is uh, living on the edge going into to Monday night football. I know we are, again, we're in week three. Uh, the waiver wire is starting to fill up. Injuries we're going to talk about. Uh, there's a lot, a lot going on. Uh, I know one good thing. Welcome back to uh, back to home. Uh for you, Pat, you finally you finally made it back this weekend, right? And uh, you get to record from home for the first time in two weeks. So welcome back, pal. Yeah, thanks. I uh, feel like I was never gone from the podcast because that's, you know, we still get to do this luckily uh, either way. But yeah, it's nice to get back and, and see my family again and, and actually get to watch the games on, you know, my TV and where I was at. We had just regular basic cable. So it was like whatever games are on, you know, the national channels I got to see, but didn't get to watch red zone, which I especially like to do when the Eagles are not playing at the, in the one o'clock hour, because when the birds are on, that's pretty much, you know, that kind of stays on the TV. But uh, when they play, you know, later in the day or play one of those primetime games, I usually like to watch Red Zone so I can get an idea of, of everything that's going on all at once and, you know, catch all the big plays and, you know, stuff like that. So uh, it was nice to uh, it was nice to get back and and get into that a little bit at least and get to watch Red Zone. We get to watch our Eagles uh, dismantle the, the Washington Commanders as well from home, which was was very nice. Yeah, dismantle. Uh, that's one way of putting it. I, I was I was busy at work, and I know somebody. It was it was not long after one o'clock, and they mentioned there were already four sacks of Carson Wentz. I was like, oh my god, there it is. <laughs> um, you know, and so uh, yeah, they definitely look like a force to be reckoned with. I know uh, Vegas is is kind of aligning with uh, with them being the the NFC favorites, and right now I can't say that there's any team out there that looks like they're really really going to give them a hard time. To, Division games are always tough, so there's six no matter what. But you made short work of, of Washington once. Dallas maybe a catch. And, again, the Giants look to go 3-0 and tonight, but it's a, they'd be the worst 3-0 and team in football. Uh, <laughs> if, if, if they are, if they are, uh, you know, going to win tonight. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. Other than that, I don't know. Uh, you want to you wanna dive in or uh, talk about our, our email, website, and social media? <laughs> Yeah, we'll uh, we'll throw that out there real quick for everybody if they want to follow us on social media. We are both on Twitter at the Nine Route One and at Scott from Delco. We do have a website; it's all official looking and whatnot. That is www.thenineroutffb.com. And our email address again, if you want to get in touch with the show, uh, if you'd like to, you know, hear anything specific on the show, if you'd like us to talk about a specific player, you're what our, our opinions are on uh, you know certain guys or whatever, feel free to email us at 
the nine route FFB at gmail.com. Yeah. So basically what we're going to do today is uh, same thing we did the last two weeks. We're just going to give you a quick little rundown of some injuries that have happened in week three that may affect your lineups moving forward and then shoot into our waiver wire pickups and then give you a quick rundown of our starts and sits. So uh, I guess without further ado, let's jump into the news. Time for the news. Uh, it's it's not looking good for some of these players. You might have them on your team uh, as we speak. Now, I know some people felt like Mac Jones was going to take a, a little bit of a leap, but it was going to be tough uh, that they people weren't expecting a ton out of the New England Patriots this season compared to the rest of that division with, with Buffalo, Miami, obviously. Uh, definite offensive powerhouses, and we saw them both on display yesterday, uh, respectively, in their game. But there was a pretty pretty tough injury uh, to Mac Jones. Uh, it looked worse than they're currently saying, where it's a high ankle sprain, not a a break, uh, so to speak, uh, of the ankle, which obviously would be probably season-ending on that level. We know the high ankle sprains, uh, for those of us that dealt with Christian McCaffrey's of the world and, and other players, uh, that they are tricky. Uh, it really depends on certain levels of pain tolerance. There's definitely going to be a healing process that's going to have to happen. I'm sure that uh, once, you know, Bill always keeps it close to the vest, but once he has to spill the beans on an injury report, you'll you'll really see what, what the timetable is going to be for him, uh, at least on the surface. Uh, that would lead to Brian Hoyer, uh, who is probably, I think he's 107 years old. Um, <laughs> he is the definitive backup, but they do have rookie Bailey Zapp that was uh, drafted in the fourth round this year. And there's always a chance that somebody like that could be thrown into the fire, so to speak. Obviously, Mac Jones uh, got the ball rolling as a rookie. Uh, Bailey Zapp out of Western Kentucky um, had pretty amazing numbers uh, in his seat in 2021. Uh, he threw for almost 6,000 yards. Now, again, not playing against the cream of the crop in college, but that's – Still pretty decent, um, and he may have pretty solid measurables, and he quietly he was a nice depth pick, uh, developmental quarterback, and, and things like that. Threw for 62 touchdowns, so these are things that could transfer over. You do see some of these guys that just have that ability no matter what. Uh, if he comes into play, it might be interesting. I definitely wouldn't maybe roster Brian Hoyer, but uh, keep an eye on Bailey Zapp, especially if it seems like there's going to be a long-term Mac Jones out of commission uh, Dynasty, obviously, most people probably already have them on the radar, but it uh, wouldn't hurt to maybe, you know, just if you have that spot, just hang on to him for a second. But it is a shame Mac Jones uh, doesn't look too good for, for this season for 2022. Yeah, another quarterback that got injured on Sunday was Tua Tagovailoa. Uh, did go out um, briefly for that game. Did come back and, and finish the game, and, and the Dolphins, uh, you know, pulled off a uh, – I wouldn't necessarily call it an upset. I guess they were they were underdogs in that game, you know, Vegas wise. But two and zero going into the game, as well as the Bills um, and Dolphins defense just played out of their minds. But uh, Tua had a little bit of a, a back injury, and uh, they're calling it a head injury. It looked like he was checked for a concussion, passed the the concussion protocols to come back into the game. So hopefully, as long as you know symptoms don't arise over the week. They, he won't go back into that concussion protocol. As far as the back, doesn't seem like a major, major injury. He should be okay to play this Sunday. Just a matter of uh, probably just pain management and, um, you know, again, making sure that he doesn't fall 
back into um, you know any of those concussion symptoms. Well, next up, uh, another player who has he, he gets injured, but uh, he does seem to thrive <laughs> with with injuries. So it's going to be interesting to see. But uh, Dalvin Cook uh, had a little bit of a shoulder issue. He has had those in the past. Uh, I remember having him. I want to say it was last. Yeah, it was last season. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he had a bad shoulder. Uh, and missed the game. And missed then... the game, and then yeah, it was the Pittsburgh Thursday night yep. game. Uh, came back, and everybody was like, "Oh, drop him! He's not going <laughs> to do anything." And I left him in, and I had a little, uh, you know, had a little uh, financial stuff going on the side too with that game and that. And uh, man, if he didn't have a ridiculously monster game, uh, it was awesome. But hopefully, you know, again, hopefully that shoulder is just like they're saying day to day and something that he can manage with pain, wearing the brace. And, you know, I'm sure they'll limit him a little bit. Obviously, they have a lot of offensive weapons. Uh, there's a certain handcuff that will be mentioned down the road in the waiver wire. Uh, but definitely with Dalvin Cook right now, it doesn't look to be quite as serious as, as things might might speed for, uh, again, like a Mac Jones or anybody like that. That upper body stuff uh, is a lot more pain management than than the legs, where that really just takes away somebody's mobility, hence their their livelihood for a couple of weeks. So uh, you never know. Uh, again, he could be a, a last minute. But if you don't see him as doubtful, if he's questionable and above, he'll play. Limited capacity probably to certain extents, but definitely is, is somebody that you want to look at. Uh, you know, based on that, just keep up with the news and see what they say about the shoulder for Dalvin Cook. Yeah, I think week three was the week for uh, for big name running backs to go down. Big name running backs that start with the letter D, I guess, for whatever reason. It was, <laughs> a, it was a bad week to be a D. David Montgomery also injured in the game against the Texans. It was a uh, an ankle and a knee. They're still getting information as far as what exactly happened. What you know, what part of the uh, of the leg he hurt. Speculation now is you know could could be uh an mcl or a pcl something uh that could keep him out for for a little bit of time he is expected to miss at least one week that's just kind of again that's just preliminary you have to make sure that you stay plugged into what's going on in the uh in the fantasy world to you know keep an eye on these injuries later on in the week and make sure that uh you know if you do have any of these guys on your roster you know that you're you're not playing them obviously if they're if they're not going to start or if they're going to be limited in any capacity where their their workload is going to be diminished then you know you might want to look in another direction and we're going to like i said like scott said earlier we're going to get into um guys you can pick up off of the waiver wire to sort of backfill those those running backs that are injured on your team correct uh and finishing off the uh the third d of running backs that is a little banged up uh deandre swift Nothing new there. He does. Uh, he's a smaller back. Uh, I mean, he's not a big power back, but he's definitely that dual threat. Um, I know somebody mentioned them uh, in one of our leagues uh, as kind of like a, a CMC light, so to speak. And the irony of injury sometimes does does roll with that, too. Uh, again, catching the passes out of the backfield, running between the tackles and, and making plays. Uh, he had also a shoulder injury. Uh, his seems like it might have a little more. A uh, little more something to it. Um, so it sounds like that, according to Dan Campbell, some news that came out was that they may sit him for two weeks, uh, and then he would have a third week off going into their bye week and come back October 23rd against Dallas. That, again, still remains to be seen. There's nothing official yet. That's another one where you're going to keep an eye on 
injury reports and see uh, once you see a doubtful or an out, they could they could just rule them out directly or or come out with a you know a statement just to make it official that they're that they're going to do that again. They do have some some depth there a little bit that will will be mentioned uh, again as we get into waiver wire stuff. And again, these guys that we're talking about that are hurt right now, the last three gentlemen of uh, Dalvin Cook, David Montgomery, and DeAndre Swift. Uh, when it comes to their backups or their handcuffs, a lot of people do roster them. Uh, the thing to check out, especially you know, if you're in a if you're in a dynasty league, again, that's they're going to be on somebody's team. That's probably a, a no brainer. But if you're in a 10, 12 team league with some green players and people that don't mind dropping people to try to get the the fresh face off the waiver wire, thinking they don't need somebody that we're going to mention or could be floating around out there. So uh, definitely keep the antenna up, and and you might be able to get a steal for for a couple weeks there. Yeah, one more running back we're going to mention in the injury news, Joe Mixon. Another running back. Oh, God. (laughs) And all these guys were, like, drafted, like, in probably, like, your top, you know, I mean, maybe Montgomery was going a little bit later, fourth, fifth round. But all these other guys were, like, you know, first, back of the first, top of the second round guys. So, you know, a lot of fantasy lineups probably suffered this week when, when some of these guys went out. Although, Cook had a decent game before he got injured. Um, mm-hmm. Swift and Mixon sort of, you know, kind of, kind of left a, a little to be desired on on the point side of it. But uh, Mixon was just dealing with some ankle soreness after the game. He should be fine. Not, you know, not nothing to worry about. I know if you, again, if you had him in your lineup and were a little disappointed in the production, that it's just one of those things where you know injuries are going to happen during a game. And you know, I had him on a roster and he let me down and I lost that league and it sucks. But Part of the game, you know what I mean. You just you, you got to work through injuries, but Mixon should be uh, back in the lineup in Week Four and shouldn't really have any uh, any issues. May miss some practice this week. They they will probably give him some rest, but uh, I, I don't see him missing any time or or you know even really being limited in any way. Uh, you know, come Week Four. Moving on, finally, <clears throat> finally getting away from the running backs, uh, and and thank goodness there weren't too many more there. Uh, we are looking at the wide receiver position. Uh, first name up, and this just came across uh, as we were getting set up and, and ready to go, finishing up our notes, uh, that uh, Jalen Guyton, uh, it looks to be a torn ACL yesterday during the game. Uh, that's going to be it for Jalen Guyton's season. That is very unfortunate. Very good young receiver with a lot of promise. Had a nice year last year. Obviously, that offense has already taken some hits. Keenan Allen. Uh, again, now you're talking Jalen Guyton. We know Justin Herbert is trying to gut it out with some some busted ribs uh, and didn't look horrible, but definitely didn't look quite as Justin Herbert-ish uh, as he coulda, woulda, shoulda. Uh, but again, Jacksonville is actually a, a very good team now uh, with a real coach, a good defense, and a good offense. But Jalen Guyton, uh, as of yesterday, he had had two catches for 64 yards on three targets, a 54-yarder. Uh, he definitely was one of those guys that could be a nice flex for you. But unfortunately, uh, his season's over, depending on how your leagues work, if you do keepers and stuff like that. Uh, probably worthy of the IR slot, uh, just with the focal points on that offense, that he could be somebody if you you know want to carry him over or anything like that, let alone if you're in a in a deeper, deeper league or, or anything like that. But Again, we will discuss options for filling in that blank. If he was a flex player on your team, maybe you're not sure if you have enough guys going, but uh, a shame Jalen Guyton done for the year. Yeah, these these last guys uh, on here, I'm going to kind of just hit them together 
Michael Thomas and Jarvis Landry both left the game against Carolina. After halftime, a little bit later in the game, uh, Michael Thomas was a toe injury. Jarvis Landry was uh, an ankle injury. Neither of them seem to be major injuries. Both look like they're going to be on track to play next week. I know if you had Chris Olave on your fantasy team, and I did face Olave this week, I uh, was not happy about these two injuries in the middle of the game because Olave blew up and uh, and put up 147 yards on nine receptions <laughs> once once these guys went. Now he was catching passes before these guys got injured, but once once they both went out, I think Jameis Winston didn't realize that there were nine other guys on offense. He just did. it was just him and and Olave just you know <laughs> out in the backyard, father son football toss. Like it was it was crazy, but. Uh, yeah, these guys, Thomas and Landry, should both be back next week. And uh, Alave will still be good, but probably won't get as many targets. Yeah, I, I, just to add, I, I personally, I, I was fading Michael Thomas from the beginning of the season. Hopefully this isn't another, uh, you know, him milking injuries. Like you said, they'd probably be okay. But I, honestly, I think Alave is the best receiver on the team. Uh, I think I, by the end of the season, he, he definitely will be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the youth, and I know coming out of Ohio State, they, a lot of people felt he was the most polished route running and and just in a sense maybe the most complete guy but didn't have the the chops and you know him and Garrett Wilson played on the same team so he was the higher rated guy so to speak and obviously did go ahead of him slightly in the draft uh Drake London was also up there but yeah uh Pat sorry to hear that <laughs> you know I, I had him on a bench him on one of my teams that luckily I didn't need him on but yeah uh definitely I think that's a player to keep your eye on as well all right, so let's uh, let's jump into the waiver wire. If you have any of these injured players on your roster, you may be looking for somebody to replace them. You may also just be looking for an upgrade to some of the players that you have now, who maybe just are not performing, uh, you know, to the level that you you would like. So we're gonna hit these in kind of an order. Um, we have them we have them listed by position, but I, the way I'm looking at them, this is kind of this is kind of the order that I would pick them up in uh for in most cases weekly waiver wire uh first and foremost for me is khalil herbert um you you obviously you saw what he did after montgomery went down in that game i think herbert is one of those guys who he's just so talented and unfortunately the bears you know, are kind of committed to David Montgomery. Montgomery's a good back too. It's not, you know, that I don't think that Herbert is, you know, head and shoulders better than Montgomery. But when he gets his opportunity, he takes advantage of it pretty much every time. Went uh, went for 157 yards and two touchdowns on 20 carries. Also caught two of two targets for 12 yards. Uh, he's just a guy that you know. It's just, it's strange. He's in one of these positions where he's so good that they have to give him the ball even when Montgomery's healthy. Like he's Khalil Herbert still gets his, you know, four, five, six carries a game. But if Montgomery's not available, I, I think Herbert actually becomes a better start for your team than Montgomery even would have been if he was healthy because he doesn't have to share the workload with anybody. It's literally going to be him as the only running back in the backfield. They may spell him here and there, uh, you know, just to, to kind of get him a, a breather, but uh, you know they're not they're not actively trying to work in other running backs when when Montgomery's out because they they know how good Herbert is. So uh, I think that you know if you have an opportunity to to pick up Herbert, I would do it. I would 
even hold on to him, even if Montgomery does come back and play this week or if he comes back and plays in you know future weeks, I would I would keep Herbert on my bench because he he has that potential to just immediately become a must start running back if if anything happens to David Montgomery. Uh, another guy we talked about, uh, Dalvin Cook, his handcuff or backup, however you look at it, is Alexander Madison. Uh, is well known in fantasy circles uh, as being that guy. Sometimes Dalvin Cook had some injury issues and. Uh, Madison has always been there again in a similar fashion, uh, sometimes just as explosive to come off the bench or to be that guy to spell Dalvin Cook. Now, you might see that happen a little bit until Dalvin Cook is 100% where Madison will get a little bit more uh, than he had been getting. Just taking a look uh, so far this season, looks like he was averaging about six carries a game, uh, albeit getting 4.2 yards a carry, already has a rushing touchdown, picked that up yesterday. Uh, and was getting about two targets a game. Um, now, again, stuff like that will increase. There's a good chance that if Cook has an issue with the shoulder, uh, you know, depending on his pain tolerance and things like that, let alone just the running duties, it is one thing. But obviously in the past game, uh, sometimes you're in there for pass protection. So at, sometimes with that shoulder extension, depending on what, what he's like with stuff, uh, you might see Madison on the field just that much more. Uh, and then could turn into some check down action. You know, we've seen him in the past where where Alexander Madison can definitely be a guy. He can win your week for you. Um, we've seen that happen in the past. So currently, uh, you know, he has nice numbers in our league of record. He's uh, top 45, I believe, uh, going into Monday Night Football. But at the same time, you might see his value tick up for a couple weeks. And if Cook can't go one week and he's your starter, uh, that's a nice position to be in with that Minnesota Vikings offense. Jamal Williams is another guy that you can pick up and, and should pick up again. You know, again, we spoke about DeAndre Swift's injury a few minutes ago. Williams is a guy who had a role on that team, even when Swift was completely healthy. But with this news that Dan Campbell is saying that it might be good for Swift to sit out a couple weeks, get himself back to a hundred percent. If that ends up being the case and that ends up being the, the route that, Detroit goes with their star running back. Jamal Williams is in line for just a huge, huge workload. There are some other guys on the on the roster there that have done some things that that will probably get involved. But Williams was already the, already the goal line back, so he's he's the guy that's in there. You know, when they get inside the five, which is already a high priority, high value role. Add in there now that he's going to be getting a lot of the carries. You know, between the twenties. It only brings up his his value that much more. Uh, again, you may see some guys like, you know, we saw like Craig Reynolds last year or the year before uh, have a couple of good games. Uh, Detroit's offense is, I, I think, one of the best in the league. I mean, statistically, it, it shows that that they can they can put points on the board. They have to they have to tighten their defense up a little bit. But uh, again, these are the types of I think we mentioned last week. These are the types of players that you want. You want guys on good offenses that don't have really good defenses because it forces the offense to have to keep scoring and, and keep throwing the ball and, and, you know, keep, keep their, their foot on the gas uh, for the entire game. And that that's the easiest way to rack up fantasy points. So uh, if, if Jamal Williams is available on your waiver wire, again, he's probably not in most leagues, but if he is available on your waiver wire, he's a guy that you need to go out and get on your roster right away. Because uh, again, if Swift misses any time, uh, Williams instantly becomes a, a top 15 running back every week that, that Swift is out. 
Another wide receiver uh, that is of interest this week is, and he should be, he should be on your team. Uh, for some of you people might be dodging him now after the Washington Commanders performance this past week. I understand where some people might be a little gun shy, but uh, Curtis Samuel uh, has been having a, a pretty solid season so far. You know, he leads his team in targets, in receptions, and yardage. You know that that's uh, again an offense going into this week that was. Uh, fairly highly powered uh, with Carson Wentz, a quarterback, uh, Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson, and he share those starting duties uh, on the wide receiving core. Just taking a look at, for him in our league of record, and he's like top 12 wide receiver right now going into going into Monday night. Doesn't get a ton of yards, but is making, making things happen, uh, again, with reception. So again, PPR, obviously, if you were in a standard league, uh, it'd be a little bit different. He's only got two touchdowns so far this year, but he is a player to watch. Uh, he is fifth in total receptions amongst wide receivers currently in the league, again, going into Monday Night Football. So if he gets a couple more touchdowns, gets a little bit of yardage, uh, that would definitely add to it. He does have one fumble on the season, but again, uh, definitely a worthy worthy pickup to either have on your bench. And right now, he'd be a pretty solid flex start for your fantasy team if you're if you're looking to pick up the pieces from one of the injuries we talked about. Yeah, another guy having a, a surprisingly good year is Arizona wide receiver Greg Dortch. Twenty three targets. Watch your language, Pat. <laughs> 23 targets so far in three games, 20 receptions on those 23 targets, which is, you know, that's an outstanding catch percentage. Uh, not really a down the field guy, but if you're in a PPR league, I'd rather have 20 receptions than 10 receptions for, you know, maybe 50 or so more yards. So only averaging 7.7 targets per game. But uh, like I said, is, is turning those targets into, uh, catches every every chance he gets. Now, obviously, DeAndre Hopkins will come back. Rondell Moore will eventually come back. So Greg Dortch is one of those guys who I wouldn't go out and fight for. He's not one of the top guys on my list, but he is a guy who, especially if you need if you need something to get you through a, a this next week coming up, or you know, again, whether you have some injuries or some some players that are underperforming on your roster. He's a guy who, you know, every week has just been a solid PPR option. So uh, again, he's not somebody who I think is, is some like crown jewel that you found and, you know, you're going to be able to ride him to, you know, a fantasy championship, but he's a usable serviceable piece to get you through the next couple of weeks until, uh, until Hopkins and, and Rondell Moore get back. Say Jones, second on the team in targets, first in receptions, uh, concentrated targets in Jacksonville. He is really kind of stepping up. He had a nice finish to uh, the 2021 season for the Las Vegas Raiders and then signed a free agent contract with the Jacksonville Jaguars. They are currently one of the one of the nicer looking offenses in the league. Doug Peterson has really turned that team around. Trevor Lawrence looks like the number one overall pick that he was uh, just a few seasons back. Uh, and that, that whole offense, James Robinson seems healthy again. Christian Kirk and whatnot are, are really are really playing well. Uh, again, have they faced killer competition? We'll see. Uh, yesterday, Zay Jones went off 10 catches on 11 targets, uh, 85 yards and a touchdown. And he led his team, obviously, against the, the Chargers, who have been known to have a pretty good pass rush and a good secondary 
uh, overall, but they shredded them. Uh, Jaguars won 38 to 10. Right now, uh, again, in our league of records, Zay Jones is outscoring the following wide receivers. Tyler Boyd, Debo Samuel, Mike Williams, T. Higgins, just to name a few, uh, DK Metcalf. So, uh, you know, again, some of these guys you think are, are a bit of a fluke. And again, they may come back down to earth a little bit here and there in certain games. But to get somebody like that on your roster, uh, who definitely would be worthy of if he keeps this up, would be worthy of a flex spot is an understatement. So Zay Jones is definitely worth uh, a pickup. And, you know, again, maybe a stash, maybe your team's that strong, but uh, he could definitely be starting on a lot of rosters right now, 10 and 12 team leagues easily. Yeah. Another guy that you could potentially pick up, you know, again, this isn't somebody who I'm running out to grab off of the waiver wire or anything like that, but uh, definitely somebody who is showing that he's, a little bit more valuable than, you know, what we had probably placed on him in, you know, preseason or, or, you know, draft season, if that's what you want to call it. Uh, Ben Skoranek from the Los Angeles Rams. He started on the team in targets uh, behind only obviously Cooper cup and uh, strangely Tyler Higby, but has more targets, more receptions, more yards than Allen Robinson. And uh, you know, I know it's one of those things where, him and Stafford have, you know, already played together and, and Robinson is new to the team. So yeah, you know, there's a possibility that that Robinson sort of overtakes that wide receiver two role on the team. But right now it's it's chronic. He's the he's the wide receiver two and he's one of those guys who he gets a lot of those deep targets. So if you play in any of these leagues where uh, I know I play in a league where if you have uh, I think it's fifteen or more yards per reception, you get a bonus uh, at the end of the game. So uh, Skoranek's one of those guys who doesn't catch a ton of passes, but when he does, they're deep ones, and a lot of times they're for touchdowns. So um, you know, he doesn't have any touchdowns yet this year, but uh, he's he's a guy who, in this in the little bit of usage that he gets, uh, he's usually a uh, he's usually a big play target for the Rams. So uh, he's a guy that again you could throw him on your bench, and uh, you could do worse. There there are definitely players on some of my benches right now that uh, I would much rather have Skoranek other than that, those players. So he will definitely be uh, an ad for me this week and probably a little bit lower on the waiver priority, but definitely a, a guy that I'm looking to, to put on some benches in, in a lot of my leagues, honestly. Moving off of wide receivers on the waiver wire, uh, we're going to talk about a couple of tight ends real quick. First up is... Tyler or Ty Conklin uh, of the New York football jets, uh, formerly of the Vikings uh, had, uh, you know, been a little bit of a blip on the radar with the Vikings, but moved on this season and currently is just kind of crushing it folks. Uh, I mean, our league of record right now, he is the number three tight end, obviously still got one game to play uh, amongst tight ends in the league, just amongst tight ends. He is third in yak yards with a hundred even. So he's not just your old school Zach Ertz, catch the ball, turn around, fall down and get points and yardage that way. He is doing very well right now. Uh, obviously Joe Flacco is the quarterback and, and that offense may see a little bit of a regime change uh, if and when they move off of him and, and get back to Zach Wilson. Uh, obviously they didn't do too well yesterday against the Bengals. They only put up 12 points. Flacco had a, a rough game, two picks, no touchdowns, and, and a, he got sacked four times. It wasn't it wasn't pretty. The, uh, the Bengals were coming for him, to say the least. But, I mean, yesterday, Tyler Conklin, for instance, you say, how did he do? 
eight catches, eight targets, 84 yards, average 10 and a half yards a catch. He made it. He had a 21 yard reception. Uh, he's not a one trick pony. So again, on the tight end position, he's somebody who is starting to make his way into, uh, you know, fantasy discussions on a little bit more of a legit level. Now, Will that continue on if and or when they do move off of Flacco, which probably would be shortly as long as Zach Wilson's able to play? Uh, true. Uh, maybe you would see a little bit of a change there. But for right now, they they have some offensive weapons on that team. They have Garrett Wilson, Brees Hall, Elijah Moore, Michael Carter, uh, Corey Davis. Uh, you know, we've seen them all play. But Tyler Conklin right now is, is just that guy. And again, he's a tight end that is definitely should be starting for your team. Uh, if he's still out there, God forbid, please go get him and, and you know, don't, don't even hesitate. Get him on your roster. Uh, Tyler Higby from, from the Rams. Uh, we just talked a little bit about Skoranek being the uh, second targeted, most targeted wide receiver. Tyler Higby is actually the second most targeted player on the team behind only Cooper Cup. And uh, is actually third amongst all tight ends in targets tied with Tyler Conklin, strangely enough. Higby's had a pretty good season so far. He hasn't caught any touchdowns yet, but 16 receptions for 171 yards. I mean, you could do worse at the tight end position. Um, there's definitely guys out there who were drafted well ahead of Tyler Higby uh, that that are doing worse um, at the tight end position. So he's a guy that, uh, again, he's not a, a guy you're going to pick up and just feel like, all right, I'm set at the tight end position now. Um, but he is a guy who, in good matchups, could could be particularly useful and uh, could be a good streaming option to tight end position. And just one little nugget here at the end uh, when it comes to the waiver wire. Uh, for those of you that may be looking to stash uh, somebody for down the road and, and you say, you know, uh, who's out there maybe looking for quarterbacks? Obviously, there'll be injuries are always around, and maybe you have that extra roster spot. First round draft pick, Kenny Pickett uh, of the Pittsburgh Steelers. I mean, I'm kind of thinking it's going to be almost any day now. Uh, there's reports that they're already a little frustrated with the offensive coordinator, Matt Canada, in Pittsburgh. That They're not really looking like a, a, a solid team. Uh, you know, the, the, we saw the Thursday night game against Cleveland, and it's always a tough one. Cleveland, the division game and, and those defenses and playing, uh, you know, low scoring, grinded out, running back, heavy type games. But looking around at his numbers, he's just really not been that that good. Um, Mitchell Trubisky, uh, the quarterback that he would be replacing, uh, Kenny Pickett, I think, would be the, the better option. Uh, Trubisky leads the league in bad throws with 21, uh, second in total percentage on that. Uh, meanwhile, you know, when it comes to you say, oh, that offensive line is, is so bad, he just, uh, you know, he just doesn't have time to throw. Uh, he's actually hasn't been under pressure all that much. He's actually uh, 20th overall in pressure percentage. So he really hasn't been, uh, you know, running for his life, so to speak. Uh, he seems a little indecisive. Uh, again, now you're on your third team in what, three years, obviously there's going to be a little bit of, of change. You were the, the golden boy there in Chicago for a few minutes and then uh, things fell apart with that offense. You went to Buffalo, backed up Josh Allen. And a lot of people thought that, Trubisky would be a guy to turn things around this time and, and basically be given the maybe keys to the kingdom, so to speak. Uh, you know, obviously Mike Tomlin said, you know, we'll sit picket all season, uh, but maybe enough fan backlash and the owners say, hey, look, we drafted the kid first. We gave this guy a shot. Well, we'll see what happens. So I, I think Kenny Pickett might be worthy of a bench spot uh, if you have the ability to do that, because I think any day now he could become 
um, you know, the starter, maybe in a week or two, uh, if things continue to be tough for that passing offense, uh, offense overall for for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And uh, I think once he gets on the field, you know, he may have some bumps in the road, but uh, I know in the preseason he kind of surprised a lot of people who weren't too high on him. So, uh, you know, just my two cents, uh, keep Kenny Pickett on your radar. Yeah, agreed. I think especially for, for guys like me, again, who drafted Trey Lance everywhere, uh, you know, you're looking for – you're looking for a guy who can, you know, not just be a, a you know quarterback ten to fifteen every week. You want a guy who could potentially come in and and truly, you know, explode and and be a good fantasy option. And and right now, you kind of already know with the starting quarterbacks that are out there who those guys are, and and most of them are taken. So grabbing a guy like Kenny Pickett, sticking him on your bench in the hopes that when he does finally get his opportunity, he blows up and becomes uh, maybe a top eight or a top five option because they do have a ton of weapons in Pittsburgh. I mean, Mm -hmm. a bunch of good receivers, a good pass catching running back out of the backfield, a good pass catching tight end. So there's a setup there for Kenny Pickett to come right in and, you know, throw two and a half, three touchdowns a game to, to those options. So, uh, yeah, I think that's a great idea to, to, to pick up Kenny Pickett now and, and hope that uh, and hope that he, he ends up being a difference maker for you. Yeah, just Trubisky, you know, it's just if he's not getting it done, he'll be the, the guy to fall. And again, it'll be uh, it'll be a shame, uh, you know, because he, he did look like he had a little bit of something there for the 2018 season until the double doink game. And then after that, it just kind of fell apart for him. Eagles stole his juice, huh? Yeah, yeah, uh, they, they definitely did. They uh, stole Carson Wentz's yesterday too. So, oh man, nah, that's that was that was. <laughs> you should have called you, the cops. You felt on bad. That you one. felt bad, didn't you? You were like, uh, mm. again, I, I like Wentz. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, I like Wentz, but I didn't want him to have a good game against us. But yeah, um, you know, talk about kicking a guy when he's down. You know, like, <laughs> well, that's because that they were putting him down, and then yeah, yeah, no, know, yeah. he was like Michelangelo. He did most of his work from his back, so. <laughs> What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Goodness. All right. Uh, Let's move into our start sits. Uh, You are going to uh, take the honors uh, this week because I totally uh, pooped the bed. Let's put it this way. You still have another player to go and you've already, uh, you've already beat me so far in in week two. So, uh, or sorry, week three, excuse me. Yeah. And in week three. So uh, you have the honors of going through your starts first. Well, Thank you, sir. Yeah, I had a reasonable week so far in fantasy, so I might as well top it off with the with the head-to-head. Start six. Uh, first up, quarterback. Again, not pull, not pushing all in on this one, but um, had a nice game. Yeah, nice, decent game, I guess you want to call it. Uh, they won. So, uh, <laughs> and if a quarterback leads a team to a win, you know, we'll kind of take it. Um, but Marcus Mariota, I, I know people are going to laugh like, yeah, dude, are you serious? Not that you maybe want to full bore start him, but he's got some potential uh, in this game to maybe, you know, maybe do a little bit of damage. Uh, the Cleveland Browns that he is going up against, um, they're giving up about 24 points a game. They're, uh, you know, that, that definitely shows that they're willing to, <laughs> ready, willing, and able to uh, give up points when it when it comes down to it. Um that being said, when it comes to, you know, passing yards overall, uh, they're right around like 240. So it's not the worst. It's not the best, but it's kind of like a an average, so to speak. And and I think that you're starting to see things come together. Drake London's been pretty strong since the beginning of the season. 
Uh, obviously, Kyle Pitts had his Kyle Pitts breakout game finally for me and all those other all those other people that have been big fans. Uh, Corderell Patterson had a nice game out of the backfield. I only had one catch, but hey, you know what? That's all you need. Uh, I kind of feel like Mariota is going to be one of those guys by the end of the year who is startable. Uh, he's not going to win you games here and there, but he might have a good shot this week. Uh, and I'm going to go out on a limb because some of the other matchups are a little lopsided. But I, I think I think Marcus Mariota might have a decent game this week. So uh, you know, maybe get you around 20 points, which is roughly what they're what they're kind of giving up. And and throughout the season, Mariota, um, he's had some turnovers. He's had three picks, three fumbles lost. Uh, if you gave him those those points back, albeit uh, you know twelve total based off of turnovers and most of the minus two leagues uh, per those turnovers, he would go from fifteenth to twelfth in in our league of record per se. So again, that kind of shows that uh, he's got top twelve potential. He's just got to take care of the football. So I like Mariota a little bit this week. Uh, my next guy is uh, Khalil Herbert. I I think that him against the New York Giants on a short week. Definitely has some some legit potential. Uh, the Giants have a pretty solid defense so far uh, this season, as far as we've seen in the passing game. Now, when it comes to them against the run, uh, they're they're giving up 119 yards a game. Uh, we just saw what Khalil Herbert did uh, against uh, coming off the bench, uh, you know, the uh, yesterday in in his game, and and really kind of again pushed himself to the forefront. David Montgomery has the potential to be out and or limited. We already kind of talked about that. So if that's the case and you see that obviously Montgomery's out for a week and Herbert has been, again, a very effective running back, even going back to last season, filling in for him. Uh, I think he's not only startable, but I think, again, playing the Giants on that short week is definitely going to be beneficial to him. Uh, and I think that he's definitely going to be – I think he's got single digit – potential for uh for running back again this week uh and again that'd be the only bright spot for that chicago bears offense gonna go with another hot hand uh we just talked about him based on the injuries that are michael thomas and jarvis landry uh chris Olave uh against the minnesota vikings this week uh I, again i feel like he's the best wide receiver on that football team and pat i know you joke but you kind of said yeah by the end of the season I, you think that that's definitely got the uh, the potential to prove itself uh, through and through. Uh, the Minnesota Vikings right now are the fourth worst in giving up yardage uh, in the passing game. Uh, 275, almost 276 a game uh, in the passing game. So we've seen that Saints offense still with Jameis Winston at the helm. You still got Kamara. Uh, and if somewhat functional, Michael Thomas and Jarvis Landry. Uh, Alave shown that he can be guaranteed to be a go-to guy on that offense, I think he's definitely got a top 20 potential this week, uh, especially if the other two are limited or if any of them missed the entire game uh, on that level. I mean, you even saw Traquan Smith have a decent game also in that that backup concept. So, again, Jameis Winston's leading that team. I like Chris Olave this week against the Minnesota Vikings. My next one is this is mine and mine alone. Could be 100% wrong, and I know that there's touchdown – uh, dependency here currently based off of one game, but, um, most tight ends, that's the way it rolls anyway. Hey, yeah. I mean, you can't be, you know, you can't be Travis Kelsey and, and Zach Ertz's of the world and stuff like that. Uh, Jelani Woods of the Indianapolis Colts. I was so high on this guy, six foot seven, two fifty three, freak athlete. He had been a quarterback at one point coming out of college. A lot of, 
a lot of potential there uh, with the Indianapolis Colts. People felt like you had a pretty good shot with Matt Ryan there to kind of get him a little bit acclimated to the way things go. Tennessee is a little bit tough against the tight end position uh, as far as, you know, points allowed and things like that. But um, coming off of two receptions for two touchdowns, uh, and we noticed this in the preseason too, where he is just just that big of a target. Obviously, it would be you know useful to block in the goal line situations, but to know that he is has that much potential to to just get those quick points for you, and and that would be all you need. There's not too much there at a tight end position. You're either going to get a guy that's going to score you, you know, your Mark Andrews, who's getting you darn near you know twenty points a game, uh, you know, to get the season started and stuff like that. But but to see a guy like this come on board and already make you know in our in our league of record make the first page. He's a he's the twenty fifth ranked tight end right now based off of you know two touchdown catches for thirteen yards. But that's fine. Um, you know we talk about touchdowns and, and things like that when you're talking about Robert Tanyan, Dawson Knox. Uh, but these are all guys that usually have some legitimacy based off of that. Uh, I just kind of like them, and I'm going to ride them this week and see if they are smart enough to. To push ahead to find Jelani Woods, I think Matt Ryan's going to look for him in those goal-to-go situations. Finally, uh, the Green Bay Packers. Uh, they would be my defense to start this week uh, against the New England Patriots. Yeah, right now, New England is uh, – they're putting up some yardage, so they kind of look like a, a decent football team to an extent. Um, total yards, 365, which which is a pretty good offensive numbers. Uh, but they are 25th in points per game with just over 16 points a game. And a Bill Belichick team is usually pretty good with the football. This team's been pretty sloppy. Uh, the, the New England Patriots are a minus four in the turnover battle going up against the Green Bay Packers that are only giving up about 15 points a game. Uh, they are seventh in total defense right now in the NFL going into Monday night. Um, again, we've seen we've seen them kind of keep them in games with with that offense still kind of getting a little bit acclimated to uh, you know new wide receiver core and, and and Aaron Rodgers and whatnot. So I definitely feel like with the Mac Jones injury, um, you know whether it is the rookie Bailey Zap or Brian Hoyer the veteran, uh, that's going to be one of those games where they're probably going to try to ball control, keep it out of Aaron Rodgers' hands. Um, just almost have one of those grinded out games. I can't see them putting up crazy numbers. I think that defense is going to feast uh, this week on the New England Patriots. So I would start the Green Bay Packers uh, in all my leagues. Yeah, I actually almost had Ramondre Stevenson as my start for running back because I, I, I agree. I think the Patriots, Bill Belichick is a smart coach and he's going to want to do everything he can to keep this as low scoring as possible knowing that his defense is what he's going to have to rely on to win a game against the Packers so <clears throat> I do agree uh for my start at the quarterback position again you know you talked about Mariota I'm going to talk a little bit about Jacoby Brissett again these are not guys that we're like telling you hey you need to go out and grab these guys off the waiver wire and start them this week these are guys who again if you if you had a Trey Lance, if you maybe you 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 drafted Russell Wilson and you know you see how he's you know kind of looking so far this year and he's making you nervous, here's a guy that you can go out and get that you know for at least a week can hold you over until you find a, maybe a more steady replacement. But uh, Jacoby Brissett gets Atlanta this week, and uh, if you're looking for again, like I said, a streaming option or even like DFS, he's probably super cheap on like DraftKings and FanDuel and all that stuff. Uh, Brissett's a pretty good bet. He's going up against the Falcons who just allowed 325 yards and two touchdowns to Geno Smith. 
I mean, Atlanta's statistically one of the worst passing defenses in the league through the first three weeks. And Brissett has also been really good at finding his receivers for the first few weeks. So he threw two touchdowns against a pretty tough Steelers D. I mean, even without <clears> – excuse me – even without Watt in the lineup, um, the Steelers defense is still pretty tough. And, uh, and, and Brissett had a good game uh, on Thursday night. So he now has four touchdowns on the season versus only one interception. So, again, he's not a guy who is, is taking a bunch of risks and a lot of chances and is going to lose you, uh, lose you points. So, you know, if he can if he can put two touchdowns on the board and uh, 250 or so yards, I mean, you're looking at, you know, 18 to 20 points in your fantasy league. And I think that's definitely uh, it's more than what Russell Wilson got you last week. So, uh, you know, he's a solid option if uh, if you lost your QB or, again, you're looking to, to stream someone. At the running back position, I'm going to go with Damian Pierce to start versus the Los Angeles Chargers. Pierce has officially fully taken over the backfield in Houston and he'll probably be an every week start from here on out for me. Uh, probably a guy I won't mention in this segment anymore, but I wanted to make sure I gave him some love this week because uh, I did tell you all to sit him this past week, which was obviously the wrong call. Sorry about that. But this week against the chargers D that is the fifth worst at giving up fantasy points to the running back position. And they just got shell shocked by the Jags. And James Robinson ran for over 100 yards and a touchdown. So I think Pierce is a good start in that position. The Texans are also, like we talked about a little bit with the Patriots, are going to want to slow this game down. Uh, they're going to want to sort of follow the example uh, that the Jaguars set. Now, the Jaguars got out to a big lead, which is why they were able to run uh, a little bit more. But I think in order to keep Justin Herbert and the Chargers offense off of the field, which is truly their strength, uh, I think that you know, the Texans are going to want to run the ball and, and want to control the clock as much as possible. So I can see Damian Pierce getting a ton of opportunities against one of the league's worst run defenses. Start of the week at wide receiver is going to be Gabe Davis versus the Baltimore Ravens. <clears throat> Davis was quiet this week versus Miami, only catching three passes on six targets for 37 yards. But the Dolphins defense did a really good job at keeping the Bills' best weapons at bay. Now, Baltimore, on the other hand, they haven't been good at keeping any weapons at bay at all anywhere in the entire league. The Ravens have given up the most yards through the air in the league, the second most touchdowns, and they have the seventh highest yards per completion against them. Um, they they are just they're scoring a ton of points, which is why they're winning games, but their defense is just leaking left and right. The Bills were also shut down this week uh, a little bit versus Miami, so I think they're going to be they're going to come out with a little bit of a chip on their shoulder and, and kind of looking to show people that they're still one of the top offenses in the league. And uh, I actually kind of feel bad for the Ravens defense <laughs> because th th I just feel like they're running into a buzzsaw at this point. They're already, they're already a tough, you know, having a, a tough go of it. And now they have to go against the bills who just, you know, looked pretty anemic versus the dolphins. So, uh, and I think with Lamar Jackson on the other side, I think this is probably going to be the highest scoring game of the week. So I am interested in playing all my Bills and all my Ravens players uh, for this one. At tight end, I'm going to stick with uh, stick with that Atlanta-Cleveland game and go with David Njoku. Uh, Njoku crushed it in week three, ended up being the tight end two on the week uh, so far with a, you know one game still to go. Uh, and he gets the Falcons, who are the second worst versus the tight end. Uh, and fantasy points allowed so far this year. Uh, I already 
kind of badmouthed Atlanta's defense earlier, so I'm not going to do that again. As you can see, I do like the Browns passing options against a uh, a pretty Swiss cheesy Atlanta defense. <clears throat> My start of the week at defense is going to be the Miami Dolphins. Uh, this is kind of a two-parter for me. Number one, the Dolphins just held one of the best defenses in the league to 17 offensive points. Uh, you know, obviously they, they had 18 because they got the, the safety on the old butt punt there. But uh, also, the Bengals' offensive line woes have not improved from last season. In fact, Burrow is actually on pace to be back 85 times this season, which would beat the NFL record of 72 set by David Carr uh, with the Texans back in 2002. I don't know if you remember that, but it seemed like, uh, speaking of Michelangelo and being on your back, David Carr was, uh, <laughs> that guy That guy had, uh, he should brought a blanket with him so he could just cover himself up every time because he was laying down so much. But uh, Cincinnati also has not been nearly as good at putting up points despite their sacks. Burrow was getting sacked a lot, but the Bengals were, you know, he was he was making up for it with big plays. And that just, that, those, those plays have not happened for them this year. They were, I think, they were also tied for the sixth most turnovers in the league. They have six, six turnovers in three games. So if you're telling me I'm going to get basically five sacks right off the bat with the opportunity for two or more turnovers, you know, based on the averages I'm looking at, for my fantasy defense, yeah, um, I mean, you're looking at nine points right there. I will definitely take that as a start. And then, you know, obviously anything else they do on top of that uh, as well. So that is my starts for this week. What about sits? Who, who are you not liking this week? Uh, again, situationally, obviously, is, is how fantasy football is played. And, and coming off a uh, best game of his career, um, Trevor Lawrence, uh, again, the Chargers, as of last year, look like they have one of the best secondaries in the league. This year, you know, uh, right now they're going through some things, and obviously that that transferred over. Uh, we've seen this team for the Jacksonville Jaguars look very well coached. Uh, offensively, seem to be clicking. They have a good defense. Speaking of a good defense, they are playing the Philadelphia Eagles this week. Uh, the Eagles are really good against the quarterback. Obviously, last week, uh, you know, or yesterday, last week, but whatever. You're you're looking at nine sacks against. Carson Wentz. Um, now, is that going to happen again? No, but right now on the season, they have 12 sacks uh, on the season. I, I can't imagine a team that is only giving up 11 points in fantasy football to the quarterback position to slip too much further than that. Um, so for the sake of a touchdown, uh, even if it's 16 points, he's definitely not going to be a guy that's going to repeat uh, last week, again, the Eagles only give up 186 yards a game to the passing game. So all signs point to no for Trevor Lawrence, uh, Doug Peterson's homecoming to the link. Uh, it's definitely going to be an emotional game. And obviously with the Eagles front office, they kind of have an idea of their mindset when it comes to what Doug likes to run. So I think some things like that are going to play a little bit of a factor. But Trevor Lawrence, sorry, buddy, uh, not this week. I just can't. I just couldn't in my right mind think about uh starting you against that Philadelphia defense. Not right now. Next up at the running back position, uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. You're going to go up against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, good luck, buddy. Uh, it, it's <laughs> that, That's another team right there that is just, you know, we've seen them. Their, their defense is looking like they're going to carry that team for, for this season. Uh, right now, obviously, again, there's still some games to play. 
but Tampa Bay is only giving up 79 rushing yards a game. Uh, they're only giving up nine points per game. So that defense is doing everything it can to to keep Tom Brady, uh, you know, upright as far as statistics and, and things like that. They're doing everything they can. Uh, Edwards Hilaire, not known as a power back, obviously. So he's not somebody who's going to punish that defensive front. Can make plays out of the backfield. Um, and we do see that Andy likes to switch things up. So you have Jarek McKinnon. You have the uh, rookie Isaiah Pacheco. Like, so you have some players there that could definitely supplement a lot of what's going on right now. Kansas City uh, took one on the chin. Uh, you know, they lost to Indianapolis, and a lot of people already had the Colts maybe written off and the Chiefs in that uh, Super Bowl discussion. I mean, yesterday he was ineffective. He had seven carries, no yards, uh, one touchdown. So I don't quite know how that happens. I guess he, you know, was negative yardage there a little bit. Um, you know, on that level, that's something to, to be said. And uh, Indianapolis has a decent defense, but to go up against these guys, uh, team as a whole, I think they're going to struggle. Uh, next up for me is going to be uh, Mike Williams. Now, this was my call before hearing of the Jalen Guyton injury, but I'm still going to kind of go with it because now there is talk that Keenan Allen may be able to come back this week. Overall, you know, going up against the Houston Texans, you say, Seriously, like it's the Houston Texans. They stink. Um, they're not as bad as people think. Uh, when it comes to giving up points to the wide receiver position right now, they are actually right in the same ballpark as a team like the Philadelphia Eagles that has a great secondary. Uh, they're only giving about 20 points a game to the position, not per se one individual player. Um, so if that's getting if that's getting spread around, you know, uh, amongst everybody, and, and you have your Keenan Allen now back. You have uh, Eckler out of the backfield. You have Gerald Everett has been a, a godsend for that offense as far as, uh, you know, another receiving threat for that team, uh, I think. And, and obviously Josh Palmer's uh, starting to make some waves there too. So spreading the ball around, trying to make things happen against that defense. Uh, they will. Um, you know, Justin Herbert, the adrenaline was definitely working and we, this week to keep him on the field. They, they lost. Uh, they did not look like the same team. So I think Mike Williams is definitely not going to be, uh, you know, you're probably not going to sit him uh, unless you somehow are that stacked at wide receiver or, or there's limitations on what you can actually start. But uh, definitely more of a fade, I would say. I don't expect uh, big Mike Williams numbers, uh, so to speak, on that level. I don't think he's going to do it again for you this week. You know, beating a dead horse, Cole Komet uh, versus the Negro Giants. Uh, right now, they're they're only giving up. They're, they're really not giving up much. I mean, obviously, tonight we, we will see what happens. I just saw where Dalton Schultz will not be playing tonight, so they may have a little bit of a break at the tight end position. Uh, but as of right now, the New York Giants are giving up a whopping 2.9 points per game to the tight end position uh, in fantasy football. Cole Komet hasn't really scored many points. He doesn't even fantasy, average that much <laughs> fantasy football. That's like, yeah. And, and I'm thinking, I'm like, yeah, you know, I think he went what two weeks without even making a play. And I think the first two uh, weeks, yeah, no catches. So I, I do think that a lot of that, and, and I go look, okay. It's like George Kittle's on that third page, uh, you know, of, of guys, obviously just getting back on the field last night, that game was brutal. Uh, Hunter Henry has not been like he was from last year. Uh, when it comes to tight end. So right now he's there. I really do think a lot of it has to do with him staying at home for pass protection more than anything and trying to keep, the, again, that offense looks horrible. Justin Fields has not looked good. Um, again, the only bright spot really was Montgomery against the Packers and, and Herbert this past week. So 
uh, Cole Komet, and I'm one of the truthers that was there with you, Pat. I mean, hey, maybe things change, but right now it doesn't look good. And, and definitely uh, I, at this point shouldn't even be rostered uh, in the tight end world, unfortunately. Uh, yeah, fine. I think that the, I ahead. think the volume has to go up. I mean, you can't throw that few, uh, you know, amount of passes and have receiving options that are, you know, viable for fantasy football. Like it's just you, they run the ball like sixty. I think I saw it was like sixty four percent of the time they're running the football. Like that's that's. But go ahead. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, and and, and it's a great point. I mean, again, they're trying to defend. Um, you know, I guess defend fields to some extent. Obviously, week one was that, you know, monsoon bowl and everybody kind of chalks things off. But you're averaging 78 points a game passing. Like, there's no way on God's green earth that you could even look, you know, Darnell Mooney. Uh, everybody was high on him. Uh, right now, he doesn't have a shot to be starting, let alone, you know, you, you could cut him. Somebody will pick him up. Wait, you're averaging 78 yards a game, Pat. That's, I mean, that's one player in, in – virtually any other team. So to say that Cole Komet is going to get it after Mooney, uh, I think Equinemius St. Brown is leading the team right now in, in the receiving game. Like you're, you can't, you're, you're right. You can't function as an offense. So are you saying that your offensive line is that bad at pass protection? Are you saying your quarterback's that bad? Again, last year, they didn't look this bad, even with, with Justin Fields. They, they, you know, they were a young team. They, they had a nice game here or there. I think but with things in their favor, but you know, you looked at onward and upward uh, and to see that you're only averaging 70. I mean, the next team is Pittsburgh and we talked about Trubisky, but at least they're somewhat respectable. Um, you know, Carolina, I'm sorry, is, is right there too. Uh, when it comes to that, like it's brutal. Like, you know, you look at these teams that the giants obviously are, you know, yet to play, but 78 point, 78 yards a game is, is unsustainable. Uh, as an NFL offense, so obviously they must be looking for the, for a number one draft pick for somebody. Uh, we'll we'll see what that is. Uh, and finally, my defensive start. Uh, I'm sorry, my defensive sit of the week. And Pat, you kind of had the uh, the other side of this just a, a little bit ago, talking about obviously how how things are going to probably play out this week. But that for the uh, Baltimore Ravens, uh, they are really bad on defense. Uh, this is not your father's Ravens. There is no. Uh, Ed Reed, there is no Ray Lewis, there is no, you know, Jimmy Smith, like there's nobody there that, that can really make anything happen for them right now on defense. Uh, it's their offense that is willing them to win. It's almost like if you took the Ravens and the, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and mashed the teams together, you'd have the greatest team in the history of football. But right now <laughs> you can't do that. And this is, this is real life. This is how things are going. Um, you know, you're looking at Baltimore, you look or not Baltimore. Let's touch with the Buffalo Bills. I mean, they're getting 441 yards a game, 30 points a game. I mean, they're doing it on the ground. They're doing it in the air. And we know how potent that offense is. Uh, that defense for said uh, said Baltimore Ravens, they're giving up 458 yards a game. That's a lot. Again, that's what like seven times the amount that uh, you know they're passing in Chicago. Um, they've already given up, <laughs> they've already given up a thousand passing yards, 353 a game. They're still, they're giving up a hundred yards a game, uh, 77 points. They're giving up 25 points a game. So all signs point to the Ravens being a bad football team. They're not, they're two and one. They have an MVP candidate in, in soon to be free agent, uh, Lamar Jackson, who is really <laughs> playing himself into, uh, a contract that may be, you know, jaw dropping. And we, we keep saying that they're going to get even bigger, uh, obviously, but, 
Uh, this week, Baltimore Ravens, that defense going against that offense, this will be a shootout. I think both sides definitely, I think, uh, maybe have a little bit to be desired on the defensive front with the Bills injuries and the way the Ravens are playing. But, my God, uh, if you if you even think, oh, yeah, I'll give it a shot because, you know, maybe, like, yeah, there's no way. Baltimore shouldn't even be rostered right now as a defense. It's a shame. And so for my sits of the week, I am going to start at quarterback with Matthew Stafford versus the San Francisco 49ers. So far, the Rams have not looked nearly as good on either side of the ball this year as they did last year. And this week, they get a 49ers defense that has been lights out once again this season. San Francisco is one of only two teams that are giving up single-digit points per game to the quarterback position. Uh, Buffalo obviously being the only other one, but that's about to change when they face Lamar Jackson this week. Uh, the Rams lost both of their regular season games to the 49ers last year, and Stafford didn't have a really good game either of those matchups. Uh, he's also been fairly disappointing himself just through three games this year. He's thrown uh, more interceptions and touchdown passes, five to four, and with one of the lowest over-unders of all the games uh, on the slate for week four, uh, I'm not really confident about players on either of these two teams scoring fantasy points. So uh, for me, I'm, I'm just going to try to stay away from uh, all my Rams and all my Niners, but especially Matthew Stafford, because I know he's one of those guys who, if you drafted him to, you know, in your fantasy league, he's probably sort of your locked in starter. But I think, I think you could definitely go a better direction this week. My sit at the running back position is going to be Josh Jacobs versus Denver. Uh, Jacobs had a good week three, a decent week three, just under 15 PPR points. Thank God, too, because he was one of the lone bright spots for my starts this past week. Uh, but this week versus Denver, I could see him having a much tougher time. The Broncos are giving up just 10.9 PPR points per game to the entire running back position. And now I know, like I said last week, that Jacobs is pretty much the entire running back position for that team. But the Broncos have been winning games on the strength of their defense through the first three weeks. Their defense is second in points allowed sixth in rushing yards allowed, and they have not given up a rushing touchdown at all this year. They may not be doing things on the offensive end that many people, including myself, thought they would be doing, uh, but their defense is as good as advertised, and I think if their offense catches up at some point this season, look out. They, uh, they do not look like uh, a playoff uh, contender right now, but uh, their their defense definitely does, and the Raiders have not looked great on offense. So combine those two things, and and I am trying to avoid playing Josh Jacobs if I have the option to do so this week. My sit at wide receiver, uh, I have some stats here, but I'm not honestly going to go through them because we've already kind of talked about the Bears passing offense, but I'm sitting Darnell Mooney this week. He's just been a complete disappointment, and until the Bears – figure out that they're allowed to throw the ball forward uh, in this day and age of football. Uh, I'm just, I'm not, I don't want any of their pass catching options. So uh, again, sit Darnell Mooney. I'm not saying drop him because I do think, I think if the bears start losing games, they're going to have to throw the ball. Uh, they're going to have to evolve their offense a little bit. So I do think that guys like Mooney and commit don't necessarily need to be dropped, but I think that I think you need to see something from them first before you start them, and uh, the Giants' defense has been surprisingly good uh, against pass catchers, against uh, wide receivers, and against tight ends. So, definitely not playing Mooney this week. My sit of the week at tight end is going to be Tyler Higby versus San Francisco. Again, sticking with—I uh, didn't realize—I just realized I had 
the quarterback and the tight end from the Browns as my starts and the quarterback and the tight end from the Rams as my sits. Uh, it just, just dawned on me. But um, again, I kind of spoke a little bit about that game earlier. Uh, so I'm not going to, you know, beat a dead horse there, but the Niners uh, and their outstanding linebackers are the best team versus the tight end position, uh, giving up just 2.4 PPR points per game to the tight end position. And my sit at defense and special teams is going to be the Carolina Panthers. The Panthers have been a pretty good defense so far. They're, they're, they're not great, but they're, you know, they're decent. Um, and the Cardinals haven't looked as good as we've seen them in the past on offense. That may tempt you to want to start Carolina versus the Cardinals this week, but Arizona has only turned the ball over once so far on offense. And Kyler Murray has only been sacked five times in three games. So for me, Again, when you're looking at defenses, you want to go against teams that are prone to turn the ball over, prone to give up sacks, and you know generally prone to make mistakes. Arizona has not been able to move the ball, but it hasn't been because of turnovers or mistakes or sacks or anything like that. So even if they're not scoring a ton, they're not really given the defense the ability to get a pick six or pick up you know eight sacks or something like that in a game to where you know, your defense is going to, uh, you know, to really help you win a week. So I would, I would avoid the Panthers this week and, and uh, look for options elsewhere. All right. Well, that seems like our entire episode. We, uh, we got through that fairly quickly, which is good. We should be able to get this episode out pretty quickly. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're getting, we're almost getting good at this. Um, you know, it's like we've been doing it for 18 months or something. Yeah, you know we're we're not we're not on the the levels of some of the the giants in the industry, but we're having fun doing it, folks. Um, you know, the more time we find, we'll add certain uh, certain segments maybe down the road if we if we start to get really good at this. Um, you know, obviously it's it's a bit of a process. We both work full time. We're not we're not crying about anything there, but at the same time, we we do make it a point to try to get together every week on a Monday get this stuff out to you again, you know, for the sake of the Monday night football game. And, and we have a, a lot of fun doing it. Uh, speaking of a lot of fun, uh, one place that you definitely want to swing by if you're in the Tuckerton area, Mickey's Portacol pub. Uh, they are a friend of the show. Uh, again, I have yet to have the opportunity cause I am not nearby. I know Pat, uh, you are a big fan. Uh, you want to tell us a little bit about them? Yeah, I might actually head over to Mickey's tonight and grab a beer, as a matter of fact. But uh, on Sundays, they have a just a football Sunday only special uh, special menu where you can order. You know, it's a lot of like finger foods and apps. Uh, I know they do drink specials pretty much daily. If you're looking to, to order off of their regular menu, uh, they are, you know, they're more of a, a bar and grill type place. But uh, we do. I know my family loves Mickey's food. We order from there fairly regularly and get takeout and and you know we'll we'll just sit home and, and eat it so uh really good food like i said great great atmosphere great people there so if you are in the tuckerton area please make sure you stop by mickey's let them know that uh we sent you here at the nine route and uh you know enjoy because it's it's definitely worth it's definitely worth the stop all right before we head out just uh i want to throw our, our twitter handles out there again real quick uh, we are at the nine route one and at Scott from Delco. Uh, if you're, if you're listening to this, go out and, and find us on Twitter. Uh, Scott is the king of the meme. He pretty much can find a, uh, he can find a meme that can, that can pretty much display exactly 
the emotion that you're feeling at any point in time. It's a, it's a, it's a beauty and a skill uh, that this man has, but uh, yeah, find him on social media, check out taking our... other people's hard work. Yes. <laughs> hey, Not but doing it, but doing it correctly. I mean, so, you know, some people use memes and you're like, that doesn't even make any sense, but you, uh, you are skilled. You are a skilled, uh, uh, meme stealer, I guess, whatever you want to call it. But, uh, and again, check out our website. Uh, we do, we do work hard, um, in the, in the little bit of time that we have to, to keep that website up and running and, and keeping good information on there for you. So, uh, check that out at www.thenineroutefffb.com. Uh, anything else before, uh, are we actually rooting for the Cowboys to win so that the Eagles are the only three and team in the division? I, I, I don't know if that's like, like yeah. I feel, it feels wrong. Like being from New Jersey, like it feels wrong, but at the same time, the, I'm like to root against the New Jersey giants. Yeah, I know. So I mean, this, I mean, I do it anyway, but I'm saying to root for the Cowboys in a game against the New Jersey giants. Like, uh, yeah, I, I mean, know. it's, you know, it's not like last night where it was a total bum fight watching them too. And at the end of the day, <laughs> you're kind of pulling for Denver only because if the Niners have a bad record, you know, it helps <laughs> conference wise and, and all that crap. Yeah. This is one where it's just like, uh, you know, I, you know, you'd say, oh, maybe uh, they could end in a tie. Like, actually, somehow that would probably help the Giants <laughs> out down the road. You know, not not that we're worried about them, but it's, yeah, you just don't want to see them. You don't want to see anybody get hurt, but you don't want to see those teams. Um, you know, you don't want to see them succeed by by any stretch. And, yeah, Dallas is 1-1. One and one. Giants are 2-0, and oh, the worst 2-0 and oh team in football, looking to make that 3-0. and oh. But, you know, Dallas always finds a way to smack them around a little bit. So, I think after getting adjusted to the injury to Dak – you know, Cooper Rush getting a little bit more under center and, and then trying to circle the wagons on offense. They might be legit. You know, you're going against Danny Dimes. You never know what to expect out of him. He'll throw for 12 yards, but run for 112. Um, <laughs> Saquon looks like he might be back. Uh, you know, it's still early in the season. If he stays healthy, uh, obviously, he definitely looks to have uh, the Saquon of old maybe uh, in his in his body, which which that team desperately needs, and and again, you know, we'll we'll see what happens. But the Giants have a decent defense. Uh, they were pretty good last year. They definitely have a good coaching staff uh, and, a, and a totally different mindset. But uh, yeah, you know, definitely want to watch it. And and hopefully, it was just uh, you know one of those ones where they come out and you, it just benefits us. Yeah, I, I guess you kind of have to lean Dallas slightly. Unfortunately, oh, that's gross. That hurts. Yeah, it feels yeah. it feels icky. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, let's uh, let's let these people get back to their day and uh, let's get back to ours and, and hopefully catch this football game tonight. And it, ho- like you said, hopefully it's better than than last night's game, because that, that was that was tough to stomach. But, uh, you know, talking about a backup quarterback and a perennially terrible team. So <laughs> who knows? It could uh, it could be just as ugly, but we'll see. We shall see uh, for Pat. This is Scott. Appreciate you all listening to us here at the Nine Route. We'll be back again real soon. Uh, Like and subscribe, please. And uh, we will talk to you soon, folks. Take care. Peace.